0: Benny, my new shirt. Game. Blouses with Prince holding a fucking plate of pancakes. Oh my God. Where did you get that? I saw it online
1: and I was like, oh, I need to have that shirt. I absolutely have to have that shirt. Maybe you need to cleanse yourself yeah. in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs>
2: I'm going to have to watch oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, It's one yeah, of the we'll most brilliant comedy oh, bits of all so time. Good. I think, Ben, I think I watched it because you were so high on that whole thing. And I oh. did watch it and I laughed my ass off. Oh, yeah. my I, God. You know what's great about those type of things is that you, you don't know, you don't see it coming, you don't know what no. to expect, and then when you do it, it's such it's such a blast.
0: Nobody would think that Prince was good at basketball. Like that would never be you'd never look at Prince and be like, that guy's good at basketball, but the apparently end, he's fucking dynamite. The end
1: when he dunks and lets and go came. on the rim and, and slowly drops down. It's just it's yeah. just it's so well there there's no detail they missed in that skit. Like it was just so well done. <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVee, Mark Lefebvre, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at radio underscore sheep on Instagram and Twitter. So here it is. It's our Friday music conversation with uh Paul Morris. Morning, Polly
2: Morning. Good to be here. I hear yesterday uh, was a good show. I have to uh, check it out.
1: Yeah, we yeah, we had a we had a good day yesterday. It just it had a good feel to it, you know? Yeah. All right. Um
3: so we're sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, um, I guess we must have all just, like, woken up and t- taken a good dump, and then, you know... So dude, every, everybody, everybody, <laughs> I, expect, everybody,
0: I expect a good show today yeah. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> brewed a
1: good batch It started off with good coffee yesterday That's We're true. getting into, uh, in moments our, We've been talking about doing this for a while Every Friday uh, Chris, Mark, myself on Black Sheep Radio Discuss music in general And uh, we're doing our first ever rock draft today Yeah,
0: fantasy, fantasy rock draft Fantasy rock draft, draft. I love fantasy this.
1: Rock draft. <laughs> That's, that's our new intro uh, yeah, I yeah, you know, Right there Fantasy yeah. Rock Draft Anyway uh, We'll get to that in a second We're starting today With uh, the rhythm section uh, What backs up every band And that's drums and bass But 1st uh, paulie Pauly's got some music news This morning
2: Well I was listening To the CBC uh, The other day And um, The host of the show The Afternoon Show Jill I can't remember her last name Was going on And on And on About this video This viral video online of these two dudes These two teenagers W- listening to f- watching or listening listening to Phil Collins in the air tonight.
1: <laughs> okay, and
2: these guys, and these guys uh, you're just kind of listening, and they're twins apparently, and she's kind of playing it out, and then when they get to the big drum roll, three and a half minutes in or whatever the heck it is, they go ballistic. And uh, she says, it's so good, you know, and every, you are air drumming too. And I'm kind of like, stop it. You know I mean? We all know that, Jill. Is, like, you know, it's not like I discovered in the air tonight for the first time. <laughs> but on the other hand, this is not about me, Jaded Polly. <laughs> it's about these two, ne- two teenager kids hearing it for the first time. So I came home and I watched it. And I can't tell you how underwhelmed I was. I thought that these guys, when they got to this drum roll, the way she had described it, were jumping around the room and losing their, you know, they just absolutely losing it. And no, it was just like, whoa, did you hear that? Whoa. And I kind of went, that's it? I mean, you made this huge (laughs) buildup. Now, of course, I've got this wrong because Phil Collins in the air tonight is soaring in sales in online streams this week. All because of these two teenage dudes. you got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding. It's, it's you know, viral is viral, and, peop- and and the things never take this stuff for granted. I mean, In the Air Tonight, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, who doesn't know that song? Not everybody knows these things. Every generation is rediscovering all these greats. And so maybe that's why we're here doing this show every Friday. So In the Air Tonight is having its moment. And Phil Collins... Um, you know he's so deaf and so disabled. The guy can barely drum. I'm not sure if he can even do that drum fill right now.
1: <laughs> it is the most the most overrated moment in the history of percussion. Do 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 do. Does anybody remember when you used to go shopping in department stores and they'd have those Casio keyboards? you can fart yep. around with, and eventually they got all technological and they had the drum pads on them. Yep. I could do the yeah. drum solo from In the Air Tonight <laughs> on a Casio keyboard. All right. Ditto, both- it doesn't really matter by Platinum Blonde. <laughs> like, just if you can do it on a Casio, it ain't good. <laughs> okay?
2: is, <laughs> yeah. is until that moment, the three-minute mark or three-minute, ten-minute mark of the song is that these guys are sitting there kind of realizing that that there's a camera on them and they're listening to, what is that, a Roland Roland drum machine, a Roland synthesizer that's kind of plunking out some beats. In fact, Phil is actually not drumming at that particular time. A machine is doing it and these guys are basically sitting there looking around going like, so why am I listening? To, why am I listening to this thing? <laughs> wow! <laughs> but, Phil, but Phil Collins is a great drummer, There's no doubt about oh, it. Anyways, yeah. In the air tonight is having its uh, having a, a renaissance again, on that, and you know deservedly so. It's a pretty great song. Let's get into uh, <laughs> bass player.
1: Are we doing? No, we're doing drummers first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, drummers, Good. and uh, we uh, through a very scientific system. Uh, accounting firm was called in, law firm as well, to determine the order of uh, today's rock draft. Uh, Mark, Mark yeah. is uh, up on
0: the board yeah. with pick number Sweet. one. Amazing, and uh, Polly, you couldn't have you couldn't have rolled out the red carpet any better for my choice oh. for, uh, for drummer. <laughs> Winner of an Oscar, nominated for three Oscars, winner of two Golden Globes, winner of 10 Grammys, hailing from the Chiswick District of London in the UK, coming in at 69 years old, and so many great drummers to choose from, but yes is the fucking winner for my drummer Phil Collins is sitting in the in the back seat of my band Phil <laughs> Collins the number not one. only for singing not only for drumming but for his singing for his music writing for his um, ability to uh, kind of morph over the years into writing songs for children's movies and the guy is uh, the guy is is fantastic and, and I think you guys said it perfectly of all the amazing drum you think of Neil Peart you think of you know what I mean all these fantastic drummers, tell me a drum solo that they've done you can not but you everybody can do that you said it perfectly ben everybody can do it on a casio computer <laughs> there's a video there's a video of a dad that's opened up all the the cupboards in his kitchen and that song comes on and he slams the doors at the same rate as the doo, 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 doo. Oh, boy. there's a picture there's a video of a fucking deer tripping over a fence and the way it trips over the fence goes perfectly to that beat and they've put that beat, beat. that is my choice for drummer because he is just he's everything well i'm
2: going to stick up um <laughs> if you were a fan of the early genesis records the ones with peter yeah. gabriel phil collins was the drummer he was not a yep. singer and so many people think of Phil, the lead singer, the guy who sings Motown covers and cheesy ballads and stuff like that. But before yeah. all that took place, he mm. was an amazing drummer and a very busy drummer.
0: Yeah. And yes. if you
2: listen, and you, especially if you watch some of the early early Genesis videos with Pete Gabriel out front, watch Phil Collins' drum. He is amazing. Phil Collins was such a busy drummer that he had a second life in another band, a jazz fusion band called Brand X. And his Gosh, chops are even crazier on that. So he was a drummer's drummer before he started singing, you know, cheesy love ballads. And against all and odds. I think a lot of people, <laughs> it got to be such a point that when he became lead singer of the band, he had this problem. He says, I want to drum but I can't drum the way I want to drum if I'm out front singing these songs with the intensity Mm. that my fan base expects. So he had a second drummer on stage. They recruited a guy named Chester Thompson to do it. At times there would be these jams where the two drummers are going off, and it's really great. But Phil kind of gave up the drummer seat when Genesis sort of made that transition, transition into being... A, a ballad band. Band. A yeah, a band. band yeah, pop yeah. band mind you all the studio recordings Phil is drumming up so Phil Collins great pick I would have done Phil all. Collins, so yeah. I'm also came out of nowhere with I'm that
1: giving <laughs> Phil points too uh, he wouldn't be my first draft choice but I'm giving Phil points too for allowing his hairline to recede in public just mm-hmm. gracefully he just, he just, you know, just gracefully letting, just letting it happen gracefully <laughs> just let that bastard go and I always kudos <laughs> Phil
3: kudos yeah, like there's there's always there's always the option to pull the edge from you 2 and just wear a hat everywhere yeah. wear a hat to bed <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah you know he, yeah. he he took it he took it on the chin with courage he, like a he could he could have yeah. worn an opp also, hat
1: like kim mitchell but he didn't
0: <laughs> yeah also drum, drumming and singing at the same time because they're usually done at a bit of a different uh, mm. rate is uh, is no pretty easy impressive feet. as well so. no easy feat yeah. for sure yeah. for sure yeah.
3: christopher hey, but, uh, Okay. Yep. Phil Collins off the board. Sweet. Um <laughs> yeah, I this is this one was a little tricky because I like you know um uh, Paul Paul and I were talking about this a little bit before uh before we got started about like do you do you factor in like like Ability to work with others, and like, is this is this just mm. picking your four individual greats or is this is are you picking a band that you believe will like vibe together and work together? That's a <laughs> very so it's, good it's, question. It's, it's really, it, it's yeah, mine yeah. won't. <laughs> so we'll see. Like, it'll be it'll be fun to see how everyone goes. I, I'm not like gonna put together like this perfect one. Um, I this is really it's really no, this one was really hard for me, uh, particularly. I'm curious
1: um, to see too who our four supergroups are
3: when we're all done here. Yeah, so it will be, be good. It'll be bonkers so, so mine My pick is going to be It's going to seem obvious But there's really no way around Picking John Bonham oh, I think he's shit. Oh, did I pick your guy? I got yeah, the Bonham's on oh. the board. Okay, fine. Team Ben. Team Ben is, yeah. uh, is All right. <laughs> yeah. looking at their sheets again. Right. <laughs> so so uh, I think John Bonham is, is, is pretty widely regarded as one of the greatest rock and roll drummers ever. There's definitely other drummers that you could say are better. Like there's Neil Peart and... and um, you can make the case for them uh buddy rich as well are, are other guys that i that I was thinking about um, including on this thing but but John Bonham was just I I, I just never like so, so when, when I was a kid when I was growing up like early early like I don't know like 12 13 14 I used to listen to like heavier music like metal-ish music you know what I mean um, and then I remember uh, late teenage years like 1617 I started diving into my parents record collection and, and they had a copy of Zeppelin 2 um, and and I I put it on uh, the turntable and I just remember how it, the 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 main thing that that of all the things that stuck out to me because it, Zeppelin is just such a dynamic band but, but but the drums really cut through and and I was I became obsessed with him for a period there um and then you see like the then the concert DVDs start coming out and I start watching some of those and and seeing what a maniac this guy actually is mm-hmm. um you know uh songs like whole lot of love or or on zeppelin 2 or or moby dick is is a, are the classic like you know drum solo um, you, you, I, what I find interesting too is like Moby Dick as a song is is a classic, but it's just a drum solo really, which is which is really interesting. I don't know how often that happens, um, and. I also think It's really interesting too Is like Zeppelin Was one of the biggest bands In the world And then following his death Like they just disbanded Because they just didn't think That they could keep up The band without him So I mm-hmm. thought that's pretty crazy Like usually That's cool That's saying yeah, something Yeah you know Like yep. usually Usually a band If a drummer leaves Like if you watch If you've ever seen Spinal Tap Like you know They, they get a new drummer every <laughs> performance <laughs> Choked on vomit um, But Somebody else's <laughs> Yeah it Wasn't that's exactly right. His vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pull that movie out again soon. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. And but and also, um, this has nothing to do with drumming. But the, but legend has it that on the day that he died, he had forty shots of vodka. So I just figured that that was pretty fucking crazy. I also heard a funny story too. Not to get too out. Uh, out there cuz there's a lot of insane John Bonham stories. One of the funniest stories I ever heard about John Bonham, I read it in one of one of their their biographies is he was so drunk he was they were on a plane and he was sitting in first class and he was so drunk that he pissed his seat. So and he didn't want to sit in it, so he got up and he went back to, like, coach and he switched. He's, he told the managers, like, hey, you should we should switch seats. Like, you, you deserve first class. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't, he seems like kind of an asshole, but I mean, fuck. <laughs>
2: yeah. So yeah, I, John uh, Bonham.
1: I, I measure uh, great drummers by their footwork and John Bonham's yeah. left and right foot are just there, he is a metronome. His left foot on that hi hat, is just, it, it's, it's sickening to listen to a song like Moby Dick. And, and the list goes on and on. But it's not, it's, even when John Bonham was playing really simple, like think of the opening to When the Levee Breaks. Boom, yeah. boom, ba boom. Boom, just the sound that came out of his drums and a lot of kudos to the to the uh, whoever produced those albums. But oh. <laughs> just when he when he when he was playing super simple, even he made it sound big and rich. And then you get into the, the, the little fine footwork. And everything. the, the, the guy was otherworldly would have been my number one pick for sure. Yeah, I, I can't, I was play, gonna can't say, play
0: John Bonham on a
2: Casio yeah. though, I guess.
1: Right?
0: I don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> I go play some John Bonham with my fucking cl- cl- cupboard doors.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the levee breaks, one of the things that contributes to that amazing sound is that they recorded, they set up his drum kit in a, uh, in a drum, uh, of me, in a, in a stairwell.
1: That's, yeah, I remember hearing that story at this,
2: at this place called Headley Grange, but it's not so much this, well, part of it is the sound because you're right the engineer can create this the room right. can create the sound it's the way he hit the drum heads man yeah. it's just like and it's funny as, as as many great drummers as there are I've never heard anybody recreate that sound. No. There's just something about the way draw the way Bonham hit the drums I don't and there are greater drummers technically better greater drummers in the world than that. So well, right. yeah, this
1: gets just really quickly. This gets into the whole argument almost of drummer versus percussionist. Is John Bonham the greatest percussionist ever? No, but greatest drummer. I, yeah, he'd be my number one pick hands down.
2: Okay. So not this time. Not this, <laughs> not this time though. I, I'm last. Go ahead, Polly. So, uh, I, I had trouble with this one. um, And I went with two drummers. I have to because I think they are ying and yang, and one is the obvious, and it's Neil Peart. And Neil Peart is like we talked about this last week a little bit about you know greatest drummers of all time, and you know we talked we sort of had a nod here about technically who's great is technically the best really important because there are some guys that are technically great that can kind of leave you cold. There needs to be something human in the whole thing, you know. And with Neil, it can kind of leave you cold sometimes. He is technically proficient. When you meet the man, and I'm lucky to say that all three people that I'm nominating today, I have had the pleasure of interviewing and meeting. Oh, man. Which is great. And I got to meet him. And the humanness of this guy, he is such mm-hmm. a character. He is so much fun. But when he gets behind the kid, he becomes the professor, you know, yeah, but you know, yep. his roots are great because he started like so many other musicians as a kid, growing up in Port Lucie here in St. Catharines in the north end of the city, and he couldn't afford a drum kit, so he got some drumsticks and he set up Sears catalogs on his bed and he used the Sears catalogs as his as his drum set, and he would tear the shit out of them. His favorite drummers were Keith Moon of The Who and Ginger Baker of Cream, and you can hear it. He can hear those two influences in his music, you know. But there's one thing that's kind of missing from Neil, and I called him the professor, and is it missing that <clears throat> that, that gonzo factor? And the second drummer I have to do is Dave Grohl. And Dave Grohl is all of that. Dave is not technically proficient, but when he gets behind the drum kit, not the guitar player and the singer, the drum kit, he turns into a beast. And he infuses this power and this lust and this joy into the drum kit that few drummers can do that. I always think that he was kind of one note. He knows how to drum. He knows how to drum rock and roll and punk, but I had this revelatory moment. I was watching the Country Music Association Awards. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the Zac Brown Band and Dave Grohl. And I kind of yeah. sat up and I went, "What? What's going on here? Dave Grohl's at the CMAs." This is before Dave Grohl was on every award show. Going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they played a song called "Day of the Dead," and the song blew up because of him I mean the, the jamming in the band is a great it's a great song but when Dave Grohl plays it just it lifts off it totally lifts off and that's why I if I had a drummer if I could put Dave Grohl and Neil Peart together I'd <laughs> have my idea Frank have my and idea. drummer yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. you know it's interesting I, I, I heard this interview with uh, one of Russia's later producers he's a Canadian his name is Nick Razkulinich. and Nick is not a musician And he had to go into the studio with the guys in Rush who were fucking musicians and musicians. How does a producer who doesn't know how to write and play music – well, he knows how to play music. How does a guy like that instruct and guide these guys who do? And it came to Neil Peart. That would be a real difficult task. How do I tell Neil Peart how to drum? And he was listening, so you know what you're missing. You're missing I need more doo-sh, you know, in in the in the sketch, you know, I need more cowbell he says, I need more doo-sh, you know, doo-sh, music <laughs> But he says, you know, that's drummer's language. He said, you know, I, I got it. And so he was able to infuse into his into his playing you know i i didn't hear it but for neil it was an inspiration for him and so nick rascal became nicknamed <laughs> 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 so yeah neil Peart in, in a combat using dave Grohl, but i had to because i, I love think he it. deserves a lot of credit
0: well i remember a while back chris uh, chris referring to van halen's guitar as like listening yeah. to math yeah and I think, that, I think that Neil Peart would be in the same category when it comes to his drumming. It's like listening to perfection. Yep. And sometimes you want a little bit of imperfection mm-hmm. when you're listening to music. You want a little bit of rawness. Yep. Everything can't be perfectly right. There is. Um, there, and I think that he's. Yeah.
2: There is a whole subgenre of music called math rock, believe it or not. In a, in a, oh, really? It leans on prog. Yeah, yeah. It leans on prog rock. So
0: my dad, uh, my dad always talks about uh, Rush. He grew up in Cochrane, Ontario, like way up north in the middle of fucking nowhere and he saw Rush like before they were before they were Rush that everybody knows he saw them in a church basement yep. at a at a church in Cochrane and he said it was like nothing he had ever heard in his entire life my dad's a drummer as well and he was just like it was like going to going to see God hmm. basically play the drums he's pretty interesting yeah. so
2: all right so we got our ah. drummers well, Phil I Collins, uh, Phil Collins' John Benny, Benny
0: Benny's still got Benny still I got a pick. I gotta get <laughs> in left? here. Yeah,
1: bottoms <laughs> off. Now bottoms off the board. Okay. See, I'm I'm approaching this like a sports general manager, and I'm looking ahead at who yeah. my uh, who my base players are, and I am kind of taking <laughs> yeah. the approach of are these two guys because the rhythm section I've always said is the most important part of the band. The guitar and the and the singer get all the love, but every great band is built on a rhythm section. So. Bonham's off the board would have been my number one pick here's, what's, here's the thing though In all my research and getting ready for this Once I found out that Paul was picking ahead of me I had assumed that Ginger Baker was going to be off the board And after John Bonham, I had Ginger Baker But now, I put so much thought into my third drummer Thinking that Baker would be off the board I'm having a hard time talking myself out of what was going to be my pick Had Paul picked Baker Mm. That being Got said, <laughs> I'm gonna leave Ginger Baker out there, huh? And I'm gonna go. Free I'm agent. gonna go with uh, probably in my mind the best mix of percussion and drums, the perfect mix of and. Doosh. And I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Doosh. I'm gonna go with Danny Carey from Tool. All right.
3: Nice, good. question, my guy. I, I said I I said sorry to sorry to interject, but before when Paul and I were here, I'm like I I, I think that uh, Ben's gonna go with the guy from Tool. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm gonna yeah, yeah. and I or Radiohead. I, one or the other. I had I had oh. Bonham Baker Carey. Cool. So I, I was gonna take Ginger Baker, but I'm gonna go with Danny Carey because I'm looking ahead to who I might have as my bass player, and Danny any anybody who the. The timing signatures that Danny Carey cut the guy does does timing signatures in songs. For example, Lateralis. The whole timing signature of that is based
0: on the Fibonacci sequence. Is anybody familiar oh with that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. One, three, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, two, was it one, two, four, eight, blah, blah, blah,
1: yeah, My Fibonacci with a little white wine sauce. Totally different thing there, Polly. Totally different It's... Al dente. it's it's yeah it's so how does the fibonacci sequence go you start it's you doubles. start at 1 and then you add so 1 plus the next number would be two Two, so that so you go to three and then three anyway I can't remember it off the top of my head but I know that that song is based on the Fibonacci sequence and I
0: looked it up because I had heard it and then I listened and I went holy shit this guy's very very quickly the Fibonacci sequence is zero one one two three five eight thirteen twenty one thirty four and so on yeah you get it by adding I believe
1: it's the previous or the next number anyway anyway, that's what it's that's what the song is based on so it works up to I think thirteen and then it goes backwards Again, The timing, he's into numerology, too. I don't know if you know this, but when he sets his drums up on stage, they have to be facing a certain angle. Like, this guy is way out there when it comes to even Mm. setting his kit up. He studies numerology, so the drums have to be set just so at certain angles and facing in different directions for him to feel like he's tuned into the kit. And like like I've said, like the, the 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 fills that this guy does. If you listen into the layers of a Tool song and just strip everything away and get to the drums, the fills are incredible, and he can play angry too. So Danny Carey, I'm going to go with as my top
0: draft choice.
1: Leaving ginger Leaving
0: pick. Ginger Baker out there, which I regret. Mm. You know what I love about that too? Just describing him setting up his drums and stuff. Drummers are kind of fucking
3: weird.
1: They're the the goalies of rock. Goalies, yeah, yeah, they're good. (laughs) Exactly, they're the goalies of
3: rock, no doubt. I love, I love the, so um, being uh, a musician when I was a kid, like my, myself and, and hanging around those circles, the drummer is always, there's, a, have you ever heard of, like the drummer jokes? Like, have you ever heard any of that stuff where like yeah. everyone oh, just yeah. makes drummer jokes about the drummer being an idiot? Yep. That, that was always the funniest, <laughs> yeah. it's like the drummer's not, a, it's like, what do you call somebody that likes to hang out with a bunch of musicians, a drummer? and then, <laughs> See, how, I always got you, singer. <laughs> yeah, singer's good too. Um, and then, what was the other one? How can you tell that the, the stage is level? Is the drummer's drooling equally out of both sides of his mouth? <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's I an episode of the one. Simpsons There's an episode of the Simpsons where uh, Paul McCartney and uh, John Lennon Are sitting at a table and Ringo walks in And he's like hey guys I wrote a song And they're like oh really good Ringo We're just going to pin this over here And they pin it on the fridge
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, one, I was gonna say, one thing we, You know we talked about Ringo There and Ringo did not get included in the List here and, and what we've Most should. of us have, have kind of identified Are virtuosos and that for somehow we need to have somebody who is technically and a technically adept drummer, but give it up for the drummer that holds the song together. I think you've heard that before. Holds yeah. the performance together. Nothing more is expected of them than holding the song, keeping time with the band. And Ringo, in many people's circles, says despite all the, the, the way people made fun of him, is a great drummer for that reason alone. And it's interesting, when the Beatles all broke up, the one guy that played on all everybody else's records was Ringo because he was Mm -hmm. that good. So give it up for Ringo. I was actually going to tell you one other story here is that there is this group of friends that are all drummer friends. And it's four. It's Neil Peart, Stu Copeland of The Police, Danny Danny Carey of Tool, and Mike Portnoy, formerly of dream theater now three of the four are are you know prog rock bands but these guys hung out together and apparently the story goes that these guys knew that neil had cancer for four years long before we found out as we did at the very end of the whole thing these guys were such a Hmm. tight-knit circle that they understood and it's interesting the drummer's club i'd probably like to call these four guys and when you think about the awesome power that these four guys had no kidding yeah would you like to be in that room when these guys would play so yeah
1: so Bonham Collins Carey and a combination of Peart Grohler off the board without going into too much detail if there was a second round who's your draft choice so let's go back in order Mark second round Uh, real quick
0: if he if he wasn't taken off the board, I would have taken Dave Grohl. Uh, in light of him being taken off the board because he's fun and because I think he's a fantastic drummer and he's been a great part of the Foo Fighters for so much, such a long time, I'm going to throw Taylor oh, Hawkins okay. in there because he's just uh, he seems like
3: a good guy and I like that wow. as well. Chris, yeah, I'd go with uh, probably Levon Helm. <gasps> whoa, whoa, throwing out an element of surprise, Levon Helm. Yeah, I, I, I just I just feel like. You know, he's not the most technical drummer, but but as far as a showman and a songwriter, I, I feel like it doesn't get much better than that as far as a drummer. Like, I think he's he's probably the best, like, s- well, I mean, Phil Collins is a great pick, too. So it, it's kind of in that vein, but, like, I'm not, like, the biggest Genesis guy or prog rock guy, but, like, the band is my is my shit, so, like, that's more, like, you know. Mm. Yeah.
2: All right. Polly, pa- Ginger well, Baker's actually- still on the board. Uh, no, not going to, I guess I can never understand him. I really don't. He was a, he was a lunatic. No, actually when this whole exercise came up, the first drummer I thought of was Miles Copeland of the police, because even when, Copeland. when the, Stu Copeland, sorry, Miles, yeah. Miles is his brother, the manager. So yeah, yeah, Stu Copeland. Um, when the police came out, I said, who is the drummer? Like who is like, it's just the syncopated drumming is just like, yeah, Sting and the great songwriting, but the drummer is absolutely amazing. Who is it? It's, yeah, oh, endlessly creative behind it. On the hi hat, like thinking, like,
1: driven to tears, that hi hat worked. It's silly. And he had to tape his fingers. He hit so hard, he'd tape his fingers to keep him from bleeding in wow. some shows. Yeah, Copeland hit. Hard. I see now. I, again, GM role here. I'm wondering why these other teams are turning down Ginger Baker. There must be a problem in the dressing room.
3: <laughs> yeah, there yeah. must have been a problem <laughs> yeah. in the
1: dressing room down in the farm yeah, team. There's an attitude problem. Yeah, there's a there's got to be something behind the scenes. I don't know if it's PEDs. I don't know if there was a run-in uh, during his college career with a with a cheerleader. I don't know. But I'm starting to wonder about his character. So yeah. for that reason, I am going to go uh, with my second round pick, Jimmy. Chamberlain of the Smashing Pumpkins mm. is my second round draft choice.
0: All right? I like okay. it. Okay. I like it. Let's uh, cool. move on to base players. So we're on to base, we're moving up to uh, moving up to defense on the team who's, I guess now that we have our goalies uh, selected. Who's on the blue line in front of Phil Collins? <laughs> Well, I like, uh, I I hadn't really thought about it until Chris mentioned it this morning, uh, guys that would work well together in a band. And I think that my first two choices would work, uh, would work really, really fucking well together. So uh also from the UK, which might be why they would get together I uh, get along so well, from uh, Wall's End in the UK, coming in at 68 years old. This guy, has, this guy has won 17 Grammys, 25 American Music Awards. He's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He was a guest star on The Simpsons and had the lyrics, There's a hole in my heart that's as deep as a well for that poor little boy stuck halfway to hell. My choice is Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner, also known as Sting! from the police that oh. is my bass player now and again because he can play bass and sing and those two things are very fucking difficult to do at the same time so I've got a drummer that can sing I've got a bass player like the harmonies in this fucking band are gonna be mm-hmm. off the charts so yeah. they're, they're, they're gonna bass. be
1: they'll be almost as good as extreme with those harmonies <laughs> <laughs> yeah more <losing> than words buddy <laughs> I picked up right away full there. yeah but, uh, but I, the, no, I, I can see the two working well together. I'll, I'll I, give, think I'll give so, you I think so. I think so.
2: And yeah, the I fact that the fact that he was have, on the Simpsons uh, somewhere, I'm sure if we did it, I'm sure they have jammed together. I'm sure yeah. they have for
3: sure. <laughs> they would. They would vibe for sure. And Sting still got that voice too, which is super impressive to me because it's yeah. so high pitched and like he really pushes it. But man, like yeah, I he did. I, I was watching sting. like a video. He did like a like a. Uh, Tiny Desk concert recently, um, and it was just a live little performance from him. And, and he still sounds like like you know, peak sting, which is crazy. So yeah, that's a great pick. Peak peak sting. Yeah. <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> I should, he should name his next album
3: peak sting. <laughs> is it is it my turn now? It is It is you buddy Yeah Okay so this is where Who's who's following up John Bonham So (laughs) so my pick is interesting Because like I don't know that this guy Belongs in any other band Now Than his own solo stuff Because I don't know That anybody could tolerate Being in a band with him And more specifically (laughs) I don't know that he could tolerate I don't know that he could tolerate Being in a band with anybody else Like I I watched this guy There was one time I've seen him live a, A bunch of times And there was one time where uh, he's, he's, so, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just put it out there. I'm going to go with Roger Waters. Okay. Um, All right. So there's, there's one time where I was watching him. He's, I've seen him play the wall a bunch of times. Like it's, it's like a, a, me and my buddies go every time uh, he comes into town. We actually bought tickets to his most recent show, which should have been a couple weeks back. But it obviously got uh, postponed. Um, but there's a, one of the funniest stage maneuvers I've ever seen. Is is they were playing comfortably numb, and they've obviously got this fill-in guy playing like the, the guitar solos for comfortably comfortably numb, and everyone was cheering him on, and Roger Waters was off the stage as as they were playing. And then as this the solo is like just nearing the end It's still going though Roger Waters comes back on stage And walks like in front of the guy that's doing the solo And just like crosses over in front of him As if like he's like, like pissing on the fire hydrant or something It was the funniest shit I've ever seen
2: It was so good You're like in the middle of a
3: solo Roger Waters is just like No this is my stage you fuck Um, (laughs) it was brutal Uh,
2: I I, I saw you know in in that sort of thing I saw Frank Zappa one year and I've only seen him once I love Frank Zappa he may be one of my guitar (laughs) nominees when we get around to that part of the draft but it, the, the band you know this, you know, his songs have a structure, chorus you know and usually a beginning and an end and then there's a lot of jamming in the middle and he would be on stage left and he would do his fills and then he put his guitar down, the band continues on with the song, Frank lights up a smoke and wanders across the stage as everybody is playing furiously through his thing and then he takes a stool on the other side of the stage, picks up the guitar that's there and finishes the song but that whole idea, it 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 definitely changed the idea of everybody has a place on the stage, has a territory, and you don't cross into my territory. Frank kind of broke the wall, if you will, Mm -hmm. in the sense that Mm. we're just players here. We're just players. And yeah we're gonna pick up and carry on but in the world of the rock world yeah roger waters stepping in front of a guitar the guitar solo
3: yeah mid solo it was so (laughs) funny it was so funny but it's roger roger waters is gonna do it it's it is what it is like you can like um yeah he's i'm a huge fan of roger waters he's he's he still continues to release music to this day which is amazing to me um He's yep. just such an interesting character. He's a great songwriter uh He lives with integrity, which is uh you know whether you agree with him or not i mean he he stands up for what he believes in and he um and sometimes that means hating uh David Gilmore, which is fucking hilarious to me. I don't know i Roger waters is just to me like. Like I, I, I could be um, idolizing him a little bit more than other people just because the music's so close to me. But to me, he's like the quintessential rock star, British rock star. Like he's like just kind of a dick, um, <laughs> really ta- really talented, really like kind of really singular in what he creates as well. There, there's not really anybody that's like him. He's not a great singer, but like he's built a career on singing. It's just really cool. Um, but yeah, so, and I'd love to hear Roger Rogers and John Bonham. Are you kidding me? That'd be insane.
2: Ooh,
1: yes. Yeah, you got yeah, again, you got to consider your pairing, right?
3: Yeah. That, and that's that's, that's, a, that's a good that's pretty foundation. damn
1: solid. That's pretty damn solid. <laughs> it's,
3: it's a little harder than mine. <laughs> Phil
2: Collins and Sting. That's... All
0: right, ladies, we're going to a concert tonight. <laughs>
1: well, you know,
2: th- th- to be fair. There's nothing wrong with these picks because I mean, it uh, when we started this discussion last week, I said, "Well, what Or I think I said it to you guys online, what kind of a band are we building here? And what we what we're creating are these monstrous rock and roll bands, because I think that's what comes easy. But who's going to – anybody going to pick Bootsy Collins? If I was thinking about this <laughs> list of uh, the best player, bass players of all time, and one of them had James Jamerson at the top. Do you guys know who James Jamerson is? Yeah, he, was, he was Motown. He was the key bass player in all those Motown records, part of what they called – the collective called the Funk Brothers. And he's not a flashy player. He's not Sting, but boy, he could lay down some grooves. But because we're not as acquainted with those, we kind of dismiss that it's not this aggressive, hard playing that, well, it's not really that good. Quite the opposite, you know? Like my Ringo example. Yeah. Uh, however I am going to go with an aggressive player from my bass player and and, and that can't help myself and and that is Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers Mm. who is a really interesting guy I you know if I never heard another Chili Peppers song I'd be fine I'd be okay But every once in a while, I get dragged back in. I was listening to an interview with Malcolm Gladwell and Flea, and I learned a lot about this guy. grew up as a kid in a split family, and um, his father was a jazz musician, and the jazz players used to come over. I met Flea, and one of the things when I was prepping my interview with him is I discovered that he's a trumpet player first. Which... I Hmm. did not know and as a fact when he was growing up as a kid, he was in the school band, you know, and he kind of knew rock music, kind of knew Jimi Hendrix, but he really wasn't into it. It wasn't until he met this dude named Hilich Slovak that he started to understand. He says, you should check out this classic rock stuff. It's pretty cool. And he did like it and then then he met Anthony Kiedis and Kiedis kind of brought in this punk influence for him. Then Slovak said, hey, listen, the bass player in our band, which is called Anthem, uh, I need a bass player. Will you play bass? And Flea had to learn how to play bass. And so he took all these different influences and he created a rhythm that is completely unique to anything else. I'm not a musician's musicians. I can't explain it to you how he did it, mm-hmm. but he created this totally unique sound. He eventually went from playing that classic rock band with Hillock and ended up joining the punk band Fear, where you had to play fast, loud, and hard. And then with Ketus, they finally came around and they formed the Chili Peppers, where they had this amalgam, this mix, this alchemy, I'm not sure if I'm using the right word there, of all these different influences, and you get the red hot chili peppers mm. he's fierce when he's on the bass incredibly inventive it is the first thing you hear in every great chili pepper song it's you yeah. know
0: i was i was just about to say it pops off the radio or it'd be i mean in your headphones as soon as you hear it, you're like oh that's a chili pepper song and they release a million songs and they get beat to shit on the radio yeah. but yeah you can hear it right in away this, that's in a, this that's interview fleet.
2: he said something that I, re- that I really took with me and he said that um oh what is the word he said, being in a band is, uh, it, just, it just flew out of my mind. I'll bring it back to you a little bit later on, but um, it's sacred. Being in a band is sacred. And yep. I, I never really thought about what that relationship is between musicians in a band and their relationship to the music. It is a sacred unity that, that you buy into and you play into when you're picking up your instrument and writing music and playing live on stage. Yeah, he's he's the real deal, man. I love flea.
0: I love it, Neil Pearton, and Flea. That's Holy smokes, that is think- that is. There's a lot of Phil. <laughs> there's a lot going on in there. <laughs> Holy smokes, and not even Phil Collins, just Phil. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure if they would
2: work together. I don't. I can never see <laughs> the two in the same room. No, I could never do it. <laughs> you're stepping on
0: my toes. Although, you're stepping on my toes. Although I, although I
2: do know Neil from all his books. Is that he was infinitely interested in other kinds of music. That it was too easy to listen to all of his early influences you know but he was always the first guy in that group to listen to everybody else he had a real passion for Lincoln Park who were totally reinventing the wheel at the time you know the way they were kind of pulling these different influences together so yeah maybe Flea and Peart could do it I don't know.
3: It's nice. It's nice to know that uh, I wasn't the only one that got sucked into the rap rock genre. It, it got Neil Peart too. So that, that's. <laughs> <comfort>. <laughs> I wonder if he also had one of those red Yankee hats that from the Limp Bizkit uh, era. Yeah, who's gonna say? <laughs> I picture ah, Neil Peart playing on Nookie.
2: <laughs> Highly unlikely. Yeah, me either. I, I didn't either. Although playing with Wes Borland, the guitar player for Limp Bizkit, would be fun.
3: Yeah! So. Yeah!
2: yeah. Okay, so so I'm going with my pick. This is
1: if I could play an instrument, if I if I could, I'd play bass. There's something about bass, just the way it again it builds a band. And there's, I mean, technical bass players I really like. Like a couple names I've got sitting here. I've got Chris Squire from Yes, and I've got Les Claypool Mm. from Primus.
0: Squire, great choice.
1: Yeah, these these guys play. It's like listening to lead guitar. On bass, like the, the, it yeah. really is. The what I like, oh, I what, I, what, what putting... I like about bass <laughs> is uh, it, I, I, I admire that work. Right, this 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 is kind of like the drummer versus percussionist. The Claypools and the Squires are percussionists on bass. They 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 play lead guitar on bass. I like the subtlety of bass and how. You don't, without really knowing it, the whole song is built on a bass line—a really, really solid bass line. And I do like a little bit of technical virtuoso mixed in, and I also like vocals to be part of bass. And I have Danny Carey as my drummer, so I have to think of my remaining names: who's going to who's going to play best, who fits best of my remaining names with Danny Carey, and that leads me to Jack Bruce from Cream. Mm. I'm gonna go with Jack Bruce from Cream, who has written some of the most, w- one of, definitely the most iconic bass lines of all time, and that's "Sunshine of Your Love." is just it's it's insane. Um, Jack Bruce can sing, and if you if you really sit down and listen to a Cream record on songs like. Um, like on Badge and Swalabra's another good one where you just it, the, the, the songs are just built on him playing bass and not many people know I mean a lot of people just think Eric Clapton did all the singing and Cream but Jack Bruce was the, really the lead vocalist in that band you and, and, and was a very good one so I'm going to go with Jack Bruce as my pick to play
0: alongside uh, alongside Danny Carey Whew. nice
1: yeah. good pick
2: really nice.
0: really good like pick it. Chris Squire too good. Uh, good mention. That's a he's he's good. And yeah, <laughs> good and if I, if I
1: were gonna go, does everybody want to do a second round pick? Like any any remaining names that you want
0: to get out there? Yeah, I think you're gonna take. I think you're gonna take my my second round base right now. Who did, we who did you think I was gonna yesterday. take? By the way, Paul McCartney. You, uh, yeah, I because we talked about we talked about Ringo, and I I would uh, I think that, I think that the the songwriting has completely. Um, I mean, veiled the unbelievable bass playing of of Paul McCartney. Like it's uh, the guy. It's, it's the greatest rock band of all time, the Beatles. So you've got, of course, we we didn't mention Ringo, other than kind of uh, a fleeting thought afterwards. But yeah, he's keeping the he's keeping the, the 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 best band of all time in time. And then you've got Paul McCartney. That just I mean, he's coming up with these lyrics. He's singing these beautiful songs, and he's yeah keeping the bass line going in, in in all of these fucking classic song, so yeah he'd be my he'd be my second pick. I feel bad picking sting ahead of Paul McCartney well, but yeah but uh, I'll well, let them sting fight about it right too
1: and yeah, there's something to be said <laughs> yeah. again for simplicity and bass and I think of a song like Dear Prudence and I think of Paul McCartney's bass playing in that song just how simple it yeah. is but how yeah. subtle it is it's it's great. Paul yeah. McCartney's a very reasonable pick you ask me Chris, you got a second Chris Novacelleller
3: um Rick James yeah. Rick James, Rick. no, no, I, I'm not, I'm not really big. Super freak. <laughs> Rick James and John Bonham, how's that? One?
2: Uh, <laughs> oh my
0: god, that's a I
3: party! Think the I'll tell you. the coke, that is a they party. All their money. <laughs> yeah, if, if I, I'm not, I'm not like really big on bass players. My, like, I originally, like, I, I love John Paul Jones. I think he's mm. one more underrated, the most underrated member of, of, of. Floyd, or sorry, of Zeppelin for sure, and I, i I'm, I was lucky enough to see that guy perform live, so I, I've, I've experienced how good he actually is. If I, but you don't want to just do Bonham and John Paul Jones. That's because that's kind of. You lose the spirit of what yeah. we're doing here. Um, <laughs> and my next guy, so I, I like Duff McKagan is really would be a really mm. interesting pick. I think um, he's 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 collaborated a lot with other bands and he's been in a lot of different pieces. Like I, I I've seen him, you know, Velvet Revolver and and um, obviously Guns N' Roses and yeah, just lots of stuff, you know. But I I don't, yeah. I, Roger Waters was kind of one with a bullet for me. To be honest, I, I didn't really okay. I didn't really look much far, farther further past that.
2: Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't. I didn't get past. I didn't get past picking flea. I mean, I can rattle off a whole bunch, but that I, I really enjoy. But I just nothing stands out for me. I mean, it's hey, I could pick Geddy Lee really easy. I think he's a yep. virtuoso. I find interesting. There's two got There's two. There's two people that are in the back end that have written books about drumming and. And bass, and one is Getty Lee, where he went around, went around, and he did interviews with all these great bass players, and talked about not only their gear but their relationship with the instrument. And the other one is uh, Bruce Springsteen's drummer. Uh, Max Weinberg um, Max Weinberg and he went around He was and on what interviewed what, all these drummers how they approach show. it and, um, and it's, it made for some really interesting reading and it's just like you understand the musician's relationship with the instrument their prep and of course how they fit into the band and all the same, a really interesting view from the sort of, from the musician looking out Mm. as opposed to the way we are perceiving it, which is we listen to their product and, you know, their performance. You know, as with Neil Peart, there's a joke about Neil Peart is that he preps for his, he he actually practices for his practice sessions, which is absolutely (laughs) crazy to me, Mm. you know. (laughs) You wouldn't know that, you know, It's, it's crazy. Yeah, he practices for his practice what does session.
3: Does that mean like do you know did they go into detail on what that includes like
2: He he it's a number of exercises that he does prior to sitting down to his warm-ups. And I think it's on the Rush Live oh. at Rio where you actually see him in a room. He drums for about an hour. Before he gets set, you know, Jesus like it. and it's just like it, it, Now I can go on stage, you know. It's like no yeah. wonder this guy was so great. For sure, Drum like nerd. Metallica. Metallica <laughs> had this really great idea where they they have the tuning room, and before every show, no matter where they go, they pitch a, They put a tent up backstage somewhere, and their gear is set up, and they jam for twenty minutes. Every single time to get themselves warmed up so it doesn't matter where they have been and all this time they literally sometimes get off the plane get on the limo get to the venue and they walk right into the tuning room and they start to jam and they kind of work out the fine tuning there just so they loosen up and I love that some musicians just go (laughs) on cold these guys actually and they record every single one of those sessions. So it's crazy to me. I think they got to release That's those gonna be a box sometime. set
0: someday. Yeah, tenth sessions.
1: Real if you quick, you wanna,
2: if you go on YouTube, you'll find them. Real two. quick, Very if, cool. I'd, uh, if right. I'd if I'd
1: if I'd have gotten Bottom as my first pick, my first pick for bass player was going to be Michael Anthony from Van Halen, by the way, because I thought those two would play good well. Pick. Those
0: two would play well together.
2: That's ballsy.
1: Yeah, and for the backup vocals think, too.
0: Yeah, I think Van Halen will get some love when we get into. Uh, uh, guitar, lead guitar. Oh, okay. the interesting thing about that, got, uh, he's Eddie Van
2: Halen there. and Steven Tyler uh, were both drummers before they actually became what they became. Really? He, oh, really? Steven Tyler uh, grew up in a household very similar to Flea with tons of influence in his house, all kinds of jazz musicians dropping by, and he was a drummer and then eventually became that. Ah. But the, the legend about Eddie Van Halen picking up the guitar is that when they were growing up, and they had moved to Los Angeles that his brother Alex was the guitar player and Eddie was the drummer in the band. And uh, at some point in time – Eddie kind of started taking a shine to the guitar so apparently he would come home from school early and he would start playing around with Alex's guitar until he actually ha. bettered him in doing it so at one point in time they said okay let's switch and Eddie became the guitar player and Alex gave up the guitar That's and became awesome. the drummer of Van Halen
0: Steve I didn't know this As I, as I was looking into uh, Paul McCartney a little bit For my bass uh, bassist selection I didn't realize that On the White Album He played the drums as yep. well Because Ringo yep. uh, Quit for a he little took, bit He so, took a walk Yeah you're looking at uh, Again a guy that can sing He can play the bass He can play the drums Piano. There's nothing he can't do Piano Yeah
3: yep. Fascinating
2: I think, Yeah I think Ringo quit For a little bit there He and so said, Well so I think I know the song Birthday Birthday is Paul McCartney Is Paul McCartney on drums Right Yeah Yeah uh, Yeah even By Keith the way, Richards the played my face, my
0: sh- too. My shirt's so much better now. L- <laughs>
1: <laughs> little, little known fact, Stephen Tyler had to give up the drums because the scarves kept jamming up the fucking kick pedal. <laughs>
3: his, <laughs> his his <laughs> l- otherwise, otherwise, a licks licks never was had
1: Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible story.
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so awesome. are we, are we going to move on to another? Uh, do, do we do draft again next week?
3: Yeah, for sure. Not next week because it's the oh, week uh, right. off, but the following. Yeah, week. Yeah, we got two weeks do... to prepare for this. Because yeah, we'll singers see. and guitar—that's hard. Does, I, get, like,
1: do you... does guitar yeah. get two though? Do we get rhythm and do we so. get lead? Yeah, I, I think, think so, so. Yeah, I think so too.
2: And I think yeah. somewhere sure. in our band we have to include keyboards and slash synthesizers, and then uh, a drum machine tech. And then, <laughs> and then yeah. additional pieces, you know, <laughs> horn, saxophone, all those things. It might,
1: might have to get into writer, too. I don't know. Mm, you man, know what I mean? Have. Like, who's singing and who's writing lyrics are two very different things. I, I was going to say, with singer, we, we might have to divide that into two.
2: Okay, so maybe the, I am not a deadhead. I'm not a dead fan. But I know that, that Jerry Garcia didn't write all the songs. They had, a, they had a dude that doesn't play in the band who wrote all the songs. Who mm. is that? Wow somebody paul oh, hunter really? or something like that I no can't. We'll, idea we'll look into that when we get to that topic all right cool right that on, was guys. great awesome. guys that was fun good band yeah, yeah so far sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have a great weekend guys have a great uh, good week off next week too chris enjoy
3: your holidays yeah, enjoy yeah your thanks time, hop, chris. thanks yeah we'll uh we'll be i'll hopefully be refreshed when i come back and hopefully not too sunburned so we'll see um, see you guys so nice
2: what's our next member is it going to be rhythm guitar
3: I say we do. I say we do two guitars, so we could do rhythm and lead. Let's do rhythm and, and, lead. Rhythm and lead. And then well, I guess let the the next one after that would be singer and Glockenspiel or you know maybe Clock maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> cello. <laughs>
2: Cello, yes,
3: Um, best cellist. Yeah, like I I think that uh, we would do. Like, if you don't want a keyboard, I say we leave that open. So maybe if you wanted to add, like, you know, like a like a wild card instrument or whatever. Okay, Okay, so yeah,
1: why don't why don't we do like sports? Why don't we do special teams? So Special special, special teams could be keyboard, could could be anything. Yeah. Cool. I like that. tambourine. Uh, yeah. 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 fucking tambourine. Right, we'll go with the special That's teams category, to too. But uh, both guitars, rhythm and lead for the next one.
0: Yeah, cool. sounds good. John Lennon, Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, right on, guys. See, See you ya. guys. Ciao.
1: Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVee, Mark Lefebvre, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.